Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. My name is Lynn Wilder, and I'm here today with co-host Mike Wilder. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Happy to be here again. <laughs> we are talking to Daniel Ortner. This is part three with Daniel Ortner. Daniel's from California, grew up Jewish, went into Mormonism, served a mission in Russia, like one of our sons, ended up marrying in the temple, has a wonderful wife and three daughters. And just recently, this family has questioned their faith in Mormonism, and they've been attending a Christian church. And at the end of the last podcast, we were talking about the Holy Ghost. Welcome, Daniel. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Tell us about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so I, saying, I mean, one of the big things I've, I've really felt differently in Christianity is the, the notion of the Holy Ghost dwelling within us, that when we accept Christ, I think one thing that in the LDS church, I always learned only members of the church have the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's only in the church. And I, I believe that for a long time, you know, I believe other Christians could feel the Holy Ghost, but not have the, the presence of the Holy Ghost. And what I've realized is that's, that's not at all true. It's kind of the opposite. Like the, in Christianity, the, the indwelling of the Holy Ghost is so much more powerful and personal within you. The Holy Ghost really comes to to be a part of you in a way that the LDS doctrine can't and doesn't support because the Holy Ghost is, even though he's not doesn't have a physical body, has a spirit body and can only be in one physical location at one time. Um, and that's something that was taught, you know, was taught repeatedly, and uh, that I, I, you know, I always had didn't you know, had didn't understand how could it be that the Holy Ghost, you know, the, the Jesus promises can actually dwell within us. And if that's not the case, that, that feels like it falls short of the promise that Christ gave. Yeah, the Mormons used to teach in gospel essentials, right, that the Holy Ghost couldn't be all places at once, but its yeah. influence could shine down like the sun. So what <laughs> that didn't make no. any sense to me. And yet if you sin, then it's going to leave you, right? So yeah, that's the other different big difference, I think, is you know, and yeah. this is one of the things that really uh helped me realize that you know Christianity is teaching something more beautiful and powerful. I, you know, it's really this greater covenant of Christ, like really the the, the higher you know, the, the, the the gospel of Christ ultimately that he offers us is the Holy Ghost can be with us permanently. Uh, and when we sin, he doesn't flee when we go somewhere, you know, like a loud place, a loud music, or are, you know, doing something, you know, violating, not not perfectly living up to every commandment. The Holy Ghost doesn't flee from us. He remains with us um, and illuminates us um, in those moments. And that was life-changing for me, really game-changing to realize that, that the, the promise of the Holy Ghost was so much deeper and, and more fulfilling um, in Christianity that he really can be with us always, even when we make mistakes, um, not just when we're not perfect, when we're perfect, you're living up to all the commandments. So get personal with us and tell us about some experiences with yeah. the Holy Ghost. Is that a place you're willing to go? Sure. I mean, it's been, you know, what, you know, since I've, you know, decided to leave the church, you know, I, I've been, you know, let's say drinking coffee, for instance, which before I never would have done. 
Um, and you're feeling the spirit just as strongly as ever. You know, it doesn't diminish when I do that. Like, the Holy Ghost is there constantly uh, for me. And, you know, I, I, you know, one of my big fears actually when I was thinking about leaving the church and thinking, what am I doing? And, you know, am I, am I able to do this was I'd always loved the temple and how I felt in the temple in the celestial room. And I was really afraid I could never feel the Holy ghost the way I do in the temple. And mm-hmm. I've been really blessed and amazed to to feel that kind of presence of God, just, you know, in my house, studying the, the Bible uh, praying, like, like really feeling the same feeling, the same presence that I felt, you know, in the holiest place in Mormonism, you know, this kind of set apart place where it's supposed to be, you know, a unique place to feel the spirit. I felt that in the past weeks, just you know, it, uh, regularly, casually studying or, or listening to music, uh, praying praise music, or just thinking about God. And so, you know, one thing I, I guess I, I will say to those that are listening that, you know, those fears that you can never feel it like the spirit, you know, the, the spirits only in the LDS church, those things are not, not true ultimately. And the, the claim that, you know, only that in the, only in the church, only if you're um, in, in the LDS tradition, can you have that is not, not right, not true. Um, and God will bless you uh, if you trust him, you know, he will give you his peace and his spirit. And it'll be, I think, more powerful and more beautiful than what you've imagined and what you've experienced. And I, I really believe that, you know, that, that he blesses us abundantly when we follow him and when we uh, believe in him and believe in Jesus Christ, that, that he will bless us richly and abundantly. That is well, so saying- true. Wow. You know, it, it's interesting that when... Lynn and I live, we lived in Alpine, Utah, which is a very high percentage of, of Mormons. And we could actually see the, uh, one of the LDS temples, the Temple Nogus mm-hmm. Temple, in fact, from our backyard. And we, it, this is interesting, you know, I, I, we used to go quite a bit to the temple and was really involved with it. But I, I always had this feeling when we went hiking up in the mountains, especially with Lynn and myself, we would always pray at the top highest part that we would go into the mountains. Mm-hmm. And I always had this feeling, says, I feel closer to God here. You know, as this was being said in my ear, you know, my mind was mm-hmm. that, wow, you know, I feel closer to God here than when I'm in the temple. Then I'd start thinking, yeah. what is wrong with me? <laughs> and, you, <laughs> you know, know I, I'll I, say like the, uh, so, so, sorry. <laughs> No, no, that's good. That's that's what I'm saying. What's wrong with me? Why don't I feel <laughs> stronger in the temple than I do outside on top of a mountain near God? I, I, I mean, what I'll say for me, like the 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 church, the temple, like these things worked really well for me, and I felt God, I felt His presence in my life, and I, I really did have a lot of spiritual experiences, and that's why I was so afraid. I, I you know, if I left, I, I would never feel that again. I could never have that again, and I, I really. You know, feel strongly that that that's not not true. That God continues to bless me as I follow Jesus um, in amazing ways, and I've been so grateful for that and so blessed to have those those experiences. And so I think it's there's a lot of fear associated with leaving. And the church, I think, you know, claims to be the one true church that no other church has what it has. Um, but 
what I've found outside of it is is more enriching and more powerful and more fulfilling ultimately. And I think I, I, I it, it's so important to to you know trust the God can bless us and if as we follow Him. Yeah, I feel so almost as that. if yeah. we've gotten to the end without hearing the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know how you got here. The last we knew, your wife was encouraging you, and you were going with her. Yeah. to a biblical Christian church and even taking your daughters and you yeah. were enjoying the worship music and you were learning things and you were in the Bible. Yeah. Was there a turning point for you? Yeah. You know, one of them, uh, I think there, I guess I'll mention two. One was um, learning, studying the book of Galatians, uh, and learning about mm -hmm. grace there, and seeing Paul's perspective there, and that really just like stripped away the the notion that I I can earn anything on my own, that that I I can add works to grace, and that got me really humble and willing to to turn to God and try to submit to Him, um, and that was I think the first time when I really was filled with the Holy Ghost, um, the, the 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 indwelling of the Spirit, and really. Uh, filled with that feeling, and that that was a really powerful uh, moment. But even after that, I kind of went back and forth for for several weeks of just wrestling, kind of having experiences in the church, having experiences out of the church, having conversations with people that would pull me back, and then feeling the spirit again. And it was this wrestle. And and I think one of the like final turning points for me was actually when I was I was studying, I was reading about Joseph Smith, and I'd you know, read a lot about. Some of the things he'd done, the polygamy, rough process of his life, inconsistent teachings, some things that I've mentioned. And I came across a, a, a devotional. Um, it was from 2015 from BYU, Idaho. It was a professor there. Um, Jason Kunzier is the name of the professor, but he, you know, he, his quotes are mostly quotes from general authorities. And this talk is uh, called Millions Shall Know Brother Joseph Again. And it's just the most over the top uh, praise of Joseph Smith talk um, where he, um, emphasizes um, the you know he's the one quote for instance is the devil knows that if he can only destroy the character of the prophet Joseph Smith in our hearts then we will be barred from the presence of God the Father in Jesus Christ and then he quotes Brigham Young where he says you know no one will enter the sister kingdom without the consent of Joseph Smith um, that he is the kind of gatekeeper uh, to get it, whether we go back into God's presence or not and then there's a later quote where he says that he is the hinge on which turns the gate that leads to salvation and eternal life. Um, and, and, you know, there's a quote, no man on earth can say Jesus lives and deny at the same time the prophet Joseph. Um, uh, uh, over and over, there's just these over-the-top quotes where you, you, the language is really language you only can use for the Savior. Uh, he, you know, the Savior is the gate, the hinge on the gate, that's the Savior. The gatekeeper, that's the Savior. Savior. Um, all these things only apply to the Savior. And I read this and I, I realized I, I can't be part of a faith that elevates someone as flawed as Joseph Smith um, to the level of, of, of the Savior, ultimately, you know, the equivalent. Uh, you know, and, and they would say, no, he's not the same, you know, he's, he's lesser. But the language is the same. The way he's talked about is so elevated in this talk. And that really just put it in, in really stark terms to me that I, I could choose, do I follow Joseph Smith? You know these teachings about God that He introduced, these doctrines that are different from the Bible and different from Christianity, or do I follow what Jesus Christ taught in the Bible? Do I follow what Paul and Peter, um, those who saw Him when He lived in the, this world, 
what they taught? Do I follow the, the traditions of the, the Bible and, and Christians throughout the histories, or do I trust Joseph Smith and rely on what he taught? And I made the decision to, to follow Jesus Christ, put my trust in, in his words through the apostles, um, and to build a relationship with him. And so that was really a turning point for me, just realizing I could either choose to follow, put my trust in Joseph, or put my trust in Jesus and Peter and Paul um, and these, these apostles of his. And choosing to put my trust in Jesus rather than Joseph was a real turning point for me. I think one of the big ahas for us was when Micah professed that it was saved by grace alone through faith in Christ and that he didn't need the Mormon church, right? Or a Mormon prophet as gatekeepers <laughs> to that salvation. And I was so surprised at how angry the church was at him <laughs> and how much trouble he got in because he wasn't professing all five points of Mormon testimony, only one of them. So Jesus is enough, is what Christians believe. Jesus is not enough, technically, yeah. um, in Mormonism, because yeah. you, you need a temple, a prophet, a husband, all kinds of, of yeah. ancillary things. And I, I, I thought that I was kind of grace enough. Like my views previously were good enough. Like I had enough grace in my views of, of, but I realized as I thought about it, that I was holding at least a small part back from Christ, uh, wanting to be worthy, wanting to prove that I can, I can do good things on my own, that I can be obedient and that, that therefore qualifying to you know, go to the temple, to be a righteous priesthood holder. And that little piece that I was holding back, giving that up, submitting that to God really changed me um, really powerfully. And that's what let that, the, the Holy Ghost come in and, and dwell with me fully was really submitting myself, saying, I am not worthy. Christ is worthy. I will never, I will, I will serve him. I will do good work my whole life. I will try to, to try to be the best I can be, but I will never earn it without, you know, it is only Christ who earns salvation. It's his, his blood, his righteousness that, that I need to rely on. That was really powerful. And how recent? Tell me how recent, because I think this <laughs> is very recent. Right? Really recent. I mean, it was really like the last like two months. Like I, I stopped going to church a month, really just a month ago, a month uh, like like five weeks ago. So it's really recent. Uh, really how's recent. How's your change, wife but, with all this? And how's your relationship now? Uh, it's gotten. I mean, it, you know, I made the decision even when she started with her faith, uh, Christ, you know, leaving the church to uh, draw closer to her, and that was a choice I made. That uh, you know, regardless whether she stayed in the church or left the church, when I thought I was in the church, um, I've seen a lot of marriages fall apart over faith mm-hmm. crisis, and and uh, I I don't I you know, I made a choice that and I felt very strongly prompted you know, when I prayed to God about what to do about this, like to, to clo- stay close to her, and it's drawn us a lot closer. I think for you know she's we're all both of us on the the journey. It's a roller coaster ride. Some days you know you're confident as can be. Some days you're you know have like you know, anxiety about it and you're kind of worried, you think, what about, you know, what about all the things I left behind? Uh, so I think we're both in that, that journey, but I think, you know, it's, it's amazing to me of the blessings I've felt and, and how it's drawn us closer. Um, and I, you know, I've been one of my favorite verses that's really inspired me over the past uh, weeks has been reading in Paul's writing in Philippians, where he talks about, 
Um, you know, all that he had before, you know, he had all this ground for confidence. He was a, a high Pharisee. He had zeal. Uh, he was righteous in the law, you know, blameless, he calls himself. But he says, but everything that was a gain to me, I've considered to be a loss mm. because of Christ. Um, and I, uh, you know, press forward to the mark of Christ. Um, and that, that's been like, what's really for me been inspiring is, um, you know, everything that I've, I've changed in beliefs is, is nothing compared to what Christ offers, which is everything. He offers eternal life, salvation, uh, you know, eternity with him and with God. Um, and that every nothing compares to that. Everything is like dung, like Paul says, like compared to that, like it's nothing, it's dross, it's dung. It, it is nothing compared to that, that what Christ offers us. And I, I, I trust in that promise fully. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful because I know, you know, when we were coming out of the LDS church, you know, it, it was hard. I I was the high priest. I was going to save my family. And, you know, <laughs> God had something else to say about that. And I was way behind Lynn. You know, she 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 was saved much earlier than I was. But she loved me. She stayed with me. And she knew I was a slow turtle moving towards <laughs> the finish line, but he'd get there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, that's that's the way it was. And, and I'm, I'm a pretty analytical person. My background's math, computer science, accounting, uh, finance, all that fun stuff. And, it, you know, but, but God just slowly worked me with his word. It wasn't a preacher. It wasn't somebody else. It yeah. was just myself and God. And, you know, when you get in that situation, when, you're using the word of God to draw you out. It's just like, there's no way. Once you understand it, once you understand what God is doing for you, once yeah. you understand the word of God and it's a witness to you, you know, doing a comparison of all the blessings of the Mormon church, you know, I received that letter that all these blessings were being removed, my temple blessings, my eternal marriage blessings and all this stuff. I just, I just laughed when I looked at it and said, they have no idea <laughs> what God has given me. He's given me eternal life. You know, it's, it's, yeah. as I said before, it's a done deal and it's complete. And, you know, I'm, I'm imperfect, but through Christ, he has yeah. made me perfect. You know, he yeah. became sin for me. He, my replacement on the cross, something that I could not do for myself, but to think, you know, we, as men, as you indicated, we, we, we can do this. I can live those laws. Well, you know, when you read Galatians and you re get in the chapter two and it says the schoolmaster at King James, you know, was the law to bring us to Christ. And, and the whole purpose of the law is to show us our weakness. And yeah. actually the temple covenants really show that if you people really <laughs> paid attention to them. But yeah. once we come under Christ, as Paul states in chapter two, that we are no longer under schoolmaster, but we are under grace through Christ, through the work he has done, nothing that we have done, but our faith in him. And it's a beautiful I, story. That's, that's the good news. I had experience also, what, another experience reading the Book of Mormon, actually, one of the last, when I was still reading the Book of Mormon, um, Alma chapter five, uh, where Alma has these series of really penetrating questions, you know, for the, these believers, it's, you know, are, are you sufficiently humble are you sufficiently stripped of pride that you can be ready to meet God? Um, and I read this once I'd already begun really understanding how holy God is, how pure he is. Um, and I realized I, I could never 
live up to that on my own. It is Christ, you know, only his righteousness. Uh, if I put on his righteousness, then I can stand before God. But it's mm-hmm. if I'm relying on my own efforts, my own works, I, I can never be sufficiently you know, humble, sufficiently stripped of pride, sufficiently pure to stand before God who is holy, 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 um, and and not you know, and 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 remain in His presence. So it, it it really put it into stark relief. I had a kind of a born again experience reading that chapter, uh, really speaking to me about the need to rely on Christ uh, fully and completely. Oh, that's great! A so, born again experience by reading the Book of Mormon. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good title. That'll be a good title for this episode. <laughs> Daniel, in the last few minutes, do you have anything you'd like to say to Mormons who are just beginning to question their faith or who are transitioning? One of the things I I, I had a lot, you know, I mentioned fear of not feeling the spirit again the same way. And the other fear I've had was that you know, once I started leaving the church, my faith in Christ would go away and my faith in God would fall apart. I would lose mm lose my testimony of them and my belief in them. And I, I, I really just want to say that that's been the opposite. It's been like, you know, I, I used to think I had a very strong testimony built on all these different experiences and this very, you know, very elaborate structure of all these different things fitting together really beautifully. And I realized that was, that was built on, on sand that was not built on the rock that is Christ. And the, you know, the, the, the rain came down, the floods rose up and all that swept away. And what was left, for me, was my faith in Christ, mm. my faith in God. Those things are what remained, and what I'm, I now feel I'm building on is just that. All the things that are not of God, what swept away, really quickly. You know, it's been a, a a really quick process for me, but it's been I think God working in me, and I I just know that you know I I can I can stay faithful to Christ. I can stay faithful to God. I can be even more committed to them and closer to them without the church. Uh, and I, I, I know that I, that, that I can do that. And I think a lot of people are afraid of that. They've been told, you know, they, I mean, they see a lot of people leave the church and they stop believing in God. They become atheists. But if you're, I think if you are turned to God and submit to him, submit to him and have faith in Christ, he will see you through that. And his, you'll be built on his foundation, uh, the foundation of Christ that is, you know, really that, that sure foundation that if we build on, we, we can, we can withstand anything. And so I, I think that that's, that's really powerful for me at least was realizing that I didn't have to lose my faith. I could make it through if I trusted in Christ. Have you, has your family had, do you, have you had any answered prayers, anything that's been a big question for you that's been answered through the scriptures or, you know, I had some real powerful experiences when I first came to Christ. I I actually had a healing one time, Um, things that I didn't know were possible. Mm I mean, for me, it's been, I mentioned, like, I think last episode, watching my, my wife be, be changed through yeah. understanding grace um, has been the biggest thing, just seeing her transform, like, empowered. Um, you know, I, I don't think we realized how, you know, the, the, the church, the, the patriarchal structure of the church, the way it's set up to, uh, for her was really disempowering. And she didn't even realize how much that was the case until she was outside of it and seeing 
uh, you know, seeing a, a female pastor, for instance, in the church, like leading, you know, and teaching, seeing, but believing also just in her spiritual gifts, her power uh, to use the the gifts of the spirit without needing to turn to a priesthood holder for approval was really empowering. And so I think watching her and having that prayer, you know, for me, it was praying for her for years, you know, since we got married, like, that she would have that ability to connect with God the way that she has been able to in the past months. That was something that had been really in my heart and in her heart too, I think, uh, for a long time. And just seeing that answered has been amazing. I was recently invited on a podcast by a woman who had transitioned, was kind of transitioning at the time out of Mormonism, and she had all kinds of questions. And that was one of her major concerns, right? That she had felt so kind of oppressed by priesthood that she was reaching for Christian female examples, Um that she might be free from that extra layer. So mm-hmm. it says, right, there's one mediator between man yeah. and God, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. You don't need to go to a man, man, and then Christ Jesus. Yeah. And then and the multi-level marketing comes down. No, you go directly to Jesus, man, woman, slave free. And I think I, one last thing, one last thing I want to say to your listeners is, you know, for me the church worked well relatively. Like I, I had good experiences in the church. I, I mm-hmm. still view everything positively, um, but I have found so much more joy and peace through Christ when I rely solely on him. And so I, I think, you know, for those who maybe, I think some people have really bad experiences and that's why they leave the church, but you don't have to have a, a bad experience. You can look back at your time positively and not hate, not, not feel bitter about it, but still, know that you can draw closer to God. You can have that deeper relationship with Christ when you get rid of everything that Joseph Smith added on top of the pure grace that Christ offers us. It is so empowering to strip that away and be focused purely on Christ. Um, and I, I think that that's something that, that even though I have, I felt close to God, I, I have that in abundance more now because of that. And so I just want to encourage anyone to keep going on that journey and draw closer to God and he will draw you closer to him as you learn about him and and come to rely on him. That's a whole new fun world. It's scary at first, but wow, you get down that road, you realize how big this God is, how personal he is and how much he's in your life and how powerful he is and what he's able to do. Then every morning, um, his mercies are new and you're grateful for your life. And it, it is a whole different way to live. It changed me profoundly. Grace and peace to you, my friends. Until next time. And may God bless. <laughs>